0: What up, world? It's your pass-first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond, You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode, we're going to talk about CJ McCollum. The Blazers' star shooting guard fractured a bone in his left foot, and it's out for at least four weeks. He'll be in a walking boot, and then he'll be reevaluated one month from today. McCollum suffered this injury, or sustained this injury, rather, against the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday evening when he drove to the rim and got his foot stepped on by Clint Capella, the Hawks' center. CJ stayed in the game uh, right away. It looked bad. He screamed. He stayed on the floor. He kind of limped around, limped over to the sidelines, but he played the rest of the half. He did not come out of the locker room for the second half. Uh, he was, you know, seen on the sidelines during the broadcast, uh, getting checked out by Jeff Clark, the Blazers' um, head of uh, health and performance, CJ did not come out for the second half, has not played since, and has now been ruled out for a month. So what I want to talk about in this episode is all the implications of what that means. I want to give you a little background on CJ and what and what his sort of near term looks like. Uh, then I want to talk about how the Blazers are going to replace him. That's, that is the name of the game. The season is going to press forward even if, the, if CJ is not available to play. I want to talk about the internal options and yes, the external options. I think people get more excited about who's not on the roster in these situations, even though the Blazers' choices will likely come from those already on the roster in terms of replacing McCollum's minutes and production. But let's start here in the first segment talking about sort of how CJ ended up here. I explained to you how the injury happened getting stepped on by Clint Capella. A freak accident um, wasn't, wasn't you know, if you didn't see the game, it wasn't by any means malicious. If you saw the game, it's just the type of thing that happens when you drive into the paint. There's big folks, they might step on you. But just in terms of how sort of the diagnosis came about or how, how, how CJ found out he broke his foot, you know, the, Original scans, original MRIs, uh, which obviously when a dude gets hurt, they're gonna take those at the arena. It happens all the time. I was, pl- I believe, it was reported like in real time, like CJ McCollum is getting an MRI, as if that was some sort of indication of how serious it is. It's a billion dollar, it's a billion dollar company. Uh, when a guy gets hurt in 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 his bones <laughs> or muscles, uh, they're on campus there in Portland. They can go get an MRI without without leaving the Rose Quarter. They can walk all back hallways over to to rebound orthopedic surgeons and get an MRI. So, but that initial MRI. Uh, revealed that CJ had a foot sprain, ruled out, said it'll be re-evalu- reevaluated in a week. But, uh, further, a follow up appointment and uh, and meeting with more specialists and more imaging, a second MRI, it sounds like, revealed that he was that in addition to this mid foot sprain, which was going to keep him out at least a week, you know, his, his it was it was going to be a sort of you know, miss a significant chunk, now it's a much larger chunk. Revealed that there was a hairline fracture in what the Blazers call his lateral cuneiform. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, not a doctor, mostly a podcaster. It's a bone in the middle of your foot. He f- has a hairline fracture in a bone in the middle of his foot, so he's going to be in a walking boot for four weeks, and then he'll be reevaluated after that. The I think a lot of times when we think timeline and stuff, uh, we always say you know reevaluated in four weeks. Okay, he'll be back in a month. Uh, I think. That's probably not how these things work. I think you're thinking more like, it's probably more like six weeks before, um, before we get there. But, uh, it's, you know, this is a real bummer because CJ was just, he was having the best year of his career, right? He was playing at an all-star level, and maybe in the past you'd say, like, he's an all-star but but just can't make the all-star team in the West. This year he was going to make the all-star team. I do feel a little guilty, quite honestly, because I said on this podcast, CJ is going to make the all-star team, I'm going to speak it into existence, and one game later he su- he sustained this injury, so my bad, y'all. that's I am generally very pessimistic, and maybe the Blazers have overachieved my pessimism. This time I went with optimism positivity and look how we look how we were rewarded look what positivity wrought uh i think it's important to note um although i i i don't know this if this played any factor but i think it's important to note that cj's had trouble with his left foot in the past he broke his he broke the same foot his senior season at lehigh when he was the the best scorer in the country uh As a junior, he had cooked Duke in the NCAA tournament, so he was obviously a favorite of a young Mike Richmond. But uh, senior year, he broke his foot uh, and cut short his season when he was the leading scorer in the NCAA. And then still drafted 10th overall, right? Blazers still saw him, uh, you know, Neil thought he was still going to be a major contributor in the NBA, uh, uh, maybe not a star, but certainly someone he was worth the 10th overall pick. And before training camp even started his rookie year, CJ broke his foot again and missed the first 34 games of his rookie season. Even made his, because of the foot injury, made his NBA debut in Idaho with the Idaho Stampede. He went to the G League back when the Blazers owned a G League team. So this, this. Is an injury, you know, it's it hasn't reared its head in the in the previous eight eight seasons. And McCollum told Jason Quick of the Athletic that um this is a totally different injury than the than the one that he sustained as a senior and then kind of reaggravated again as a rookie. He just he said that it's a different location and a different severity. Um, but I think it's important to to note just in terms of Information that you have is that CJ has had problems with this left foot in the past. Obviously, they are well behind him, you know, eight years ago since it's happened. So McCollum will spend the next four weeks in a walking boot and then he will ramp up his on-court activity and try to return to the Blazers shortly thereafter. I don't think there's like an extended runway after after it would uh the walking boot comes off it would just be sort of ramping up the ramping up his on court work and seeing how much weight he can put on his foot and play basketball uh, you know when he it's not like he's going to come back and play a little bit when he comes back they're going to need CJ to play a bunch so they want to make sure that there's not a chance of reaggravation I think that would be the only thing that would hold him back. So a month without CJ McCollum that leaves us at the, at the point we are here on Tuesday evening as I'm recording this podcast is, how do the Blazers replace them? That's what I want to talk about in the second segment. The bulk of the support is coming from those already on the roster. So let's run through the internal options and talk about the sort of best solutions moving forward for the Blazers. That's what we'll do in segment number two. But first, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. Look. It's betting season. We're down to four NFL teams. Got conference finals this weekend in the NFL. Conference championship games, rather, in the NFL. NBA's rolling. We're in the, in the midst of a season that it just keeps on keeping on. Games every single night in the association. NHL is coming back. So if you want to get in on the action and you're looking for an online sports book, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Listen, don't sit on the sidelines. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We got good stuff coming for you later this week on Locked On NBA. Jason Quick of the Athletic, who I mentioned in this in this first uh, in this first segment, is going to join us later in the show. He's he's going to hop on Thursday's show, so be sure to check that. Uh, Jason has been covering the team longer and better than anyone else, so it's always a joy to talk to him. He's a good friend of mine, and he's gracious enough to come back on the show after joining us earlier this year. So so Thursday, be sure to check that out. Jason Quick of the Athletic joining Locked On Blazers we talked about CJ McCollum's sort of injury history, how he got here and what his uh you know what's next for him. But what's next for the Blazers is that they have to move on, move on without their all-star shooting guard. I mean, he was he was really playing as well as he could possibly play. And it's a real bummer. Like it I don't think there's any other way to say it is that it's a real bummer, but the Blazers have to have to keep playing in fact they're they got more games this week uh, you know Wednesday and Friday it keeps on rolling so the question is sort of how do the Blazers um how do the Blazers replace CJ McCollum we know how they already did it against the San Antonio Spurs Rodney Hood got the start played 25 minutes and had his best game of the season 21 points on 9 to 14 shooting he doesn't do all of the things that CJ does he's not the same level of playmaker he's not he doesn't bend the defense the same way but Rodney can score he can shoot he's he's um he's someone who can contribute in the starting lineup in the league I mean he this is by far his best game so I don't want to say like this is who hood is, who, this is who Rodney's going to be but he's if he gets back towards you know he's, he's obviously recovering from a, an Achilles injury a long-term and serious injury that um you know kept him out of basketball for 13 months but he's he's working his way back and 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 the game against the Spurs on on uh Monday was as good as as good as he's looked. The Blazers tried another strategy against uh against Atlanta after CJ CG did not play in the second half when he didn't come out of the locker room in the second half as he was getting treatment or getting you know MRIs, etc. Anthony Simons started at uh two in the second half. Uh that's certainly an option. The problem is that Simons just while while Hood has not been very good, but has a built-in excuse, I'm not sure I'm not sure Ant has that built in excuse. He just has struggled this year. This is the year he was supposed to maybe not take off. I think that's probably um, too generous of a read on what you would expect him to do. But the Blazers have a track record of guys in year three taking a big step forward. Anthony Simons was not ready in year two. They pushed him ahead and he was not ready. That's I blame that as much in the franchise as anyone else. But he has now had three NBA off seasons plus the weird hiatus between the middle of his second season and the bubble. Um, he didn't have you know a traditional third off season but he's had he's he had time from the bubble to this season to start to get his to get his body and his mind right and his and sharpen his game and through 11 appearances this season he just hasn't been very good he's shooting 30 percent from the floor and 32 percent from three averaging four and a half points per game 4 point2 points per game he just he hasn't been great but here's what I'll say about Anthony Simons. He has, there are moments when you can see it. There are moments, fleeting as they may be. And this is his opportunity to, with uh, a more defined role ahead of him. I'm not sure that's his problem, but I know that it, it can't hurt to have a more defined role ahead of him. And, and minutes to be had, minutes to go grab, he could step forward and, and play and play himself into a bigger role. And obviously, um. Prove the front office is right. They think he's going to be a star or capable of being a star. Neil Olshe called him the most talented player he drafted in his 15 years in the business. He drafted Dame CJ and Blake freaking Griffin. So uh, it's it's high praise certainly. But CJ has or, excuse me, Ant has not lived up to that billing. This is his opportunity to. I'm a little. I'm not super high on Ant. Like I I don't I don't see. What I see is a guy who has the skills of a star in sort of like the very, if you the broadest, most squinty-eyed views, right? Like he can dribble into his own shot. He's a great leaper. He's got a quick first step. But the shots have to go in. He has to find a way to get himself into the paint and score. He's just been terrible on two pointers. Um, his shot selection is a little bit wonky, and some of his misses are gross. But I'm going to throw that all out and just say this: Anthony Simons has an opportunity in front of him. And this is his chance to seize it and prove that he's ready. So while I may be giving Rodney Hood more leeway than he deserves, maybe you, could, maybe you could argue that, and I may be being too hard on a guy like Anthony Simons, I kind of think that Hood does deserve the benefit of the doubt. He, at times, has been a big-time contributor for the Blazers, and Anthony Simons has mostly been a theoretical contributor to the Blazers. It's time for either of them to be to take over that role. But there's a third option and it's the big one. I saved the Gary Trent Jr.ist for last. Gary was basically from exactly this moment last year. Uh yesterday was Gary Trent Jr.'s 22nd birthday. Happy birthday Gary. But on his 21st birthday in Oklahoma city, he had a career game and it launched what was a fantastic second half of this of his second NBA season. He was really good from basically that moment forward. Uh, prior to the hiatus prior to the bubble in Orlando the, the Blazers basically had six dependable players and second year guard Gary Trent Jr. was one of them in the bubble he was fantastic and played at a level that it just probably isn't sustainable right like he wasn't as good in the playoffs when they played the Lakers but in those eight games and then the playing game he was just fantastic uh, he was you know pushing almost five made threes a game shooting above 50% from three on nine attempts a night like he was he was awesome he was playing dogged defense he was so 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 good but he just hasn't been consistent this year let me read you some gary trent jr box scores i think this is somewhat telling 11 points 0 points 28 points 7 points 13 points 9 10 8 16 7 18 2 he has just fluctuated so hard from being a guy who is a who looks like he's ready to break out and be that consistent contributor to being a guy who shoots one for nine against the Spurs and forces some shots and takes some ill-advised shots and kind of determines his plan before the defense gives it to him. He's the guy who goes four for five against the Kings and then one for six against the paper, Pacers. A seven for eleven night against the Lakers, followed by a one for six clunker against the Warriors. It is the inconsistency that has held Gary Trent Jr. back. He is he is primed for a breakout, and I think having a slightly different role, not being confined to the third option on the bench unit, which is really what he was. He was behind uh, with with CJ McCollum running that bench unit, which I think he should do. I'm not I'm not against that, but behind how many shots they were giving Mello, it was Gary Trent Jr. as the third option coming off the bench or playing with the second unit. And frankly, I think that has made him force some shots to try to sort of um, insert himself into the offense when he should just kind of let it come to him. And I think that the Blazers' hope, the Blazers' hope for what's next, is not that Rodney Hood is super consistent. It's that Rodney Hood is solid. And it's not that Anthony Simons breaks out and is the star that Neil Olshay thinks he can be. It's that Gary Trent Jr., who's already has a relatively large body of work of being a Solid NBA contributor is exactly that. He doesn't need to be a star. He needs to be a solid, consistent NBA contributor. He can be that. I believe Gary has the capability of doing that because I have seen him do it. That's that is the ticket for the Blazers to keep their head above water while they're a month without CJ and a month without at least a month more. Sounded like two months rather, at least six weeks, sounding like longer without use of Nurkic. Gary is the hope. He is capable of these things. There's not really much to analyze. I think with a uh, I think with a more defined role, a more specific role and a, a sort of a larger share of the offense, he won't have to force it. He can let things come to him and do what he does. Gary is capable of doing this. Um this is a time for him to I don't know if he's he's not, certainly maybe not capable of being CJ McCollum averaging, you know, 27 and 5, but he's a guy who could step forward and average 16 plus a game and be a like really be a helpful member of the team and this is the opportunity is there for Gary. And the Blazers really 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 need him to seize it. So those are the internal options for the Blazers, but beyond that they have some external options, right? They have a roster spot. They can go forward. There are trades and free agent signings and things you can do things um, they can do to upgrade this roster and you're probably, um, many of you, I know, I know, dear listeners, you've, you've, many of you reach out to me uh, via Twitter at Mike G. Rich or the email lockedonblazerspod@gmail.com at gmail.com and send me trade ideas and free agent ideas all the time. I know many of you, that's the thing you get most excited about. So that's what we're going to close the show today, talking about the, ex- the external options for the Blazers, the guys not on the roster right now that are potential options for this team to add or trade for so they, could, uh, so they can have a legitimate upgrade at the two. But before we get there in the third segment, I want to tell you all about RockAuto.com. You know RockAuto.com. It's the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. So go to RockAuto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. they got everything you need, from engine control modules and brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks, all delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices you prefer. And oh, those prices, y'all. That's the best part of rockauto.com because they're always reliably low and they're the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. You can just go to rockauto.com right now, see all, all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, make sure you write Locked On and their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Still a pass-first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You still listen to Locked On Blazers. If you're looking for more basketball in your life, can I point you in the direction of the Locked On NBA podcast? East meets West and the Locked On NBA Tuesday's Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors, and David Ramil, host of Locked On Heat, tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day, coast to coast. So make sure you subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you already get podcasts. All right, so we talked CJ McCollum's injury and some internal options. It. This is Gary Trent's job to to take. Uh, Rodney Hood and and Anthony Simon should provide some support and some depth at that spot. But if the Blazers are going to move forward, the shooting guard that is going to grab the reins and drive them in the direction they need to go is Gary Trent Jr. It's as simple as that. Those are the internal options though, but there are some external ones. I need to correct something I said in this space before. If you listen to Friday's show about of Nurkic's injury, I talked about how the Blazers uh, had put themselves in a situation where they could not at this exact moment sign a minimum level player and stay below the tax line. I'm under the impression that Blazers ownership has a hard no on on being a tax team this year. That is that is like a non-negotiable for this team. So uh, when at the time when I believed that they could not sign a player to a minimum deal and and stay below the tax line. It's just, I knew it would, to me, it's a non-starter. They're not going to do it, whatever. However, it has come to my attention, reported first by Bobby Marks of ESPN, that, uh, that Yusuf Nurkic had a bonus in his contract for appearing in 60 games and the Blazers winning a 44 this year. Both of those have been prorated to the 72-game season. Uh, he's not going to hit those marks, and so the Blazers all of a sudden have more room to work with, meaning they could sign a minimum guy and stay under the tax line. So when the calculations for how do you replace Nurk and how do you replace CJ, before I thought it was they're not gonna do it because they're not gonna go into the tax and that's just that's just how they're that's how they're operating. Now I think they're not gonna do it even though they could. And what I mean by that is I do not see the Blazers signing someone. It doesn't mean they won't. It just means that I've Covered the team for seven seasons and in my educated opinion of being around the team and understanding how they operate i think it's very 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 unlikely that they do so so i was incorrect before in stating that there were financial reasons why they wouldn't now i just think there's sort of modus operandi reasons why they won't their mo is not to is not to sign guys off the street to to take these spaces they they believe um that they can do this internally uh I also think like it's hard to it's hard for me to imagine that there there are dudes on the street who are um, available at the NBA minimum who would come in and be like a significant upgrade. Uh, you could probably convince me that there's centers on the street that are a little better than Harry Giles at winning, but Harry Giles is, has significantly more potential, and maybe the Blazers are invested in having him be the guy. But we're talking about CJ McCollum, not Bigs. Although I think Bigs are an option, right? Like one of the one of the reasons why you would sign a big now is because of the guys I mentioned in the second segment. You have options with with Hoodie and and Ants and and Gary Trent. Is that you can you can much easily much more easily replace some shooting guard production obviously those guys aren't CJ's level but it's there at least play his position whereas the just up front they're kind of thin so if you're looking at center names who are minimum guys and, and you want to get excited about potential additions their names are like Dwayne Dedman or North Carolina Tar Heel legend John Henson either of those would be I'm not a big Dedman guy I I he I thought he was gonna have a breakout year with the Kings uh, it didn't work out for him. He went back to the Hawks. It didn't work out for him. Now he's out of the NBA. Feel like NBA teams know more than me. I thought he was ready for. Um, I thought he was ready to take a big leap, and now he is no longer employed. Uh, Henson has just been a solid minimum dude for years. He's not flashy, but he's he's okay. So those are your two, the sort of big options that I would highlight for um, for the Blazers as they move forward. But there are some there are some sort of fun fun smaller guys like if you're if you are of the impression the Blazers desperately need to sign a backup point guard I probably don't agree with you um I don't I don't see that as the sort of weakness I think the Blazers offense second unit offense stinks but I think adding another sort of minimum guard to the mix doesn't seem like the solution necessarily but some names to consider Yogi Ferrell recently waived by the Cleveland Cavaliers after the James Harden trade that they were involved in snagging Jared Allen uh Tim Frazier former Blazer who was recently uh Wrapped up a ten-day contract with the Memphis Grizzlies, and is a free agent yet again. Those are two minimum guys who I think could help. Um, I don't diagnose that as 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 a. A good path forward for the Blazers, but if you're looking for sort of a backup point guard type who can um, fill in for those minutes that CJ was playing off the bench, and you let Rodney and, and Gary Trent stay at two and contribute um, contribute as shooting guards, then maybe that's the move. Less Anthony Simons playing point guard. Um, those those guys are maybe better like functional point guards than Ant is um, if their sort of ceiling as basketball players are a little bit lower. A fun name that won't come up and isn't really an option because I think he he makes too much money in Europe though. Is, is Shane Larkin, who's playing in the Turkish League and has been killing the Euro League. He was fantastic last year. Um, he wasn't very good. I think last time he was in, in the NBA was the 2017-18 season. I say I think. I have it written down here. 2017-2018 27, 27, season, he played with the Celtics. He just, um, he didn't stick. He's gone to Europe and he's been a star. Uh, he's He seems like sort of the best point guard, best guard who is not in the NBA um, with NBA experience, I would say. But um, he probably makes more money than he would. It would have to take a discount to come back to the Blazers. Uh, they technically could pay him more money, but again, we're, we're talking about luxury tax stuff, not going to hop, uh, not going to happen, but sort of pie-in-the-sky idea is Shane Larkin. I just want to throw that name out there. If you want to get sort of really excited about how the Blazers could sort of maximize this opportunity, Shane Larkin is the name you want to, you want to highlight, or I would like I would like to highlight, and you can credit me when you talk about it. Hey, remember, remember that Lockdown Blazers dude mentioned Shane Larkin? In any case, I think this all kind of gets back to why I wanted to go with this in my third segment is because players aren't gonna do this. They're not gonna sign a guy off the street. They're gonna wait. They're gonna wait until February when players who are signed in the offseason can can be traded. They're gonna wait until the buyout market in March and teams um, you know, buy out guys who are legitimately good players and then try to sign them to the to minimum contracts. They're just gonna be patient. It's you can criticize it, and I think that would be fair, is that if you don't try to maximize right now, what are you doing? But I'm not speaking to their sort of process. I'm speaking to what I think they will do, and I don't think they're going to add anyone. I think they're going to move forward with the roster they have, which is why I wanted to talk about Ant and Rodney and Gary Trent up top, because talking about Yogi Ferrell and Tim Frazier is a fun idea. Shane Larkin is a fun idea, but they're not realistic. The Blazers, I I think they may end up adding to this roster by the end of the season, but for right now, They're going to do it with the guys they have. So this is... this. While I wanted to throw some names out there so you'd have some specifics, here are the options, I don't think they move forward by making a big move. Uh, If you're thinking about trades, I'm not even going to... You know, address a thousand. Not, y'all will hit me with a thousand trade machine ideas on Mailbag Monday, so I'll just wait till then. But here, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna explore the trade market too much because who are the Blazers gonna trade? That's really an upgrade. Is does Amphrey Simons have much trade value? Is Zach Collins, who's hurt and entering free agency, does he have much trade value? The guys, it's, it seems like they don't have people on the roster that they could. You know, what is Nazir Little's trade value? Quite honestly, like, do they have anyone on the on? on their roster currently right now that they could net something that would be an upgrade. Maybe they could net some sort of lateral move that would that would turn out to, tra- to change things, but I don't think they have this sort of um, trade piece, plus they've already given away uh, their upcoming draft pick in the Robert Covington deal. They just don't have a lot of assets to move forward and upgrade the roster. So in addition to sort of how they operate and what they're limited to, if you consider those things together, this is the group they have. It's on the team internally to improve. It's going to be a challenge, but this is how they're going to move forward. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers be there waiting for you. Like I said, later this week, Jason Quick, Thursday's show, going to be joining the show. Make sure you check back for that one. Blazers play the Grizzlies on Wednesday night, so we'll have a, sh- we'll have a show then too. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.